0: Episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides. <coughs> and welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides. And with me as always is
1: Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I can barely contain my laughter, but I'm good. I yeah. am good. Are nice. uh, you doing okay over there, buddy? You're all right. Ooh, yeah, that was a little bit of rough on the intro there, wasn't it? It was, but people listening to this more than likely would just hear the clean version. <laughs> well, no, the I'm leave up. the intro.
0: It's just the, uh, yeah. The, the aftermath. Yeah. yeah. The Let's aftermath.
1: leave it at that, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a listener request episode. It's a little bit more of an opinion piece here on us, but deserves diving into, I suppose. Yes. And um, the listener was asking our take on all-in-one plugins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What so, do you mean by an
0: all in one plugin?
1: That's a good question because I think we need to set some boundaries here of what we're talking about. Okay. Right? Because I know what the listener is asking because mm-hmm. they specified a little bit more in the email. Without sort of defining this, one could say that console style plugins, technically, that could be kind of like an all in one, right? Yeah. But,
0: in a sense, it could be. That wasn't the exact ask.
1: Correct. So the question was our take on all-in-one plugins that do a lot of stuff under the hood that we necessarily don't have access to those parameters. Where it's just like, here, twist this knob and it's going to do something. (laughs) And it's going to be magical. Right. That's what we're talking about today. So that's what we're thinking, what we're thinking. And the listener, indeed, all-in-one plugins. That's the parameter that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. When I say it and we specify like that, what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind for you when dealing with this? Waves, one knob. Yeah. That was the very first one I can even remember. Right. I can't remember
0: which one was first, but now there's a whole series of these, right? Yes. I almost want to say it was pumper, whatever it was. It was kind of like a compressor gain raiser kind of thing.
1: Right. I think you might be right. Where it's that, Would well, you just like, okay, do you want more of that? Or even more, even more, or less. Just turn you know, it just, all the way to 12. <laughs> right. So I Turn it up to maximum and rip the knob off. Right. But that's the kind of thing. And now that there's a whole family of those, maybe we should go into that first. Do you have an initial reaction on those types of plugins? The initial reaction that I have is I did actually use the
0: pumper type. One knob. I don't believe that's the name of it. I haven't used Wave products in a couple of years. I used it in a couple of mixes. I never really felt like I could attach myself to them, is a good way of saying it. Mainly because I didn't understand what it was doing. I didn't care for that. So I never got into it heavily. And then they expanded.
1: Was that then... It wasn't necessarily the sound of it, but it was a mentality that you felt like you didn't really have control of what it is that you wanted to do. it was the
0: control factor.
1: Right. Did you feel that you could get close with that, or was it for what you were using it for, it wasn't really hitting the mark?
0: It wasn't so much uh, not hitting the mark as it was, I didn't care for it, (laughs) I guess is the best way to say it. I just didn't care.
1: yeah. I can't remember the first one I used, it never found a place in my workflow. Right. And it was one of those things, and perhaps unjustly, but I remember thinking that it was it was real gimmicky.
0: It felt like it, a gimmick. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It felt like a gimmick. And right. a gimmick that I didn't feel like I needed to
1: continue using. Yeah, like I said, it never got a foothold from me. There's probably people out there that use them and swear by them. And that's fine. It, Absolutely. For me, it, it was not a thing. I'll say the next step with this, though, and then I'm going to use Waves here again, because I think they're... The precursor, like the, the grandfathers? They do this more than anybody else, and they have these signature series plugins mm-hmm. where there's the CLA and, and Manny American and Jack Joseph Puig has the series. There's I think Tony Visconti has them, possibly. And there's obviously more than just the one knob, right? More than meets the eye, too. Most With a definitely,
0: flashy interface.
1: Sometimes a little bit too flashy. Without naming <laughs> names again, but uh yeah, it makes me want to turn down the brightness on my monitor. Let's let's say that <laughs> get um, out of Vegas. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not epileptic. So let's say for example like the CLA just to pick one he's got several one and for example the drums that he has. Mm-hmm. Right? CLA drums. The controls are this five main controls where you have like bass treble, compression, reverb and gate. Mhm. Now, you kind of know what all of those things kind of mean, right? But you have yep. a slider so that, you know, and a couple of different flavors of each one. But we still don't understand really what's going on underneath the hood. Let's say, for example, the compressor. Right. What compression ratio are we using? Where's the threshold? Is it changing? Is it doing different types of compression? Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion that it's probably all of that. <laughs> w- with the types that are in it because I-, I did see actually I think it was it might have been on Chris Lord one of his social media accounts where somebody anyway had shown sort of like his handwritten notes mm. this is how I want them to work right there's a lot going on but you sort of get the instant gratification I guess of just playing around and, and getting the sound hopefully that you're wanting right right have you played around with any of those? I did. I did play around with them when they came out. Uh-huh. And
0: before I stopped using waves altogether, I found it very, very gimmicky. I found it also harder to get a decent sound. Imagine that mainly because when you go and twist a knob and all of a sudden it's going too far, you try to dial it back and it goes too far the other direction. You can't get the fine tuning in there. It's, much more difficult than I had anticipated in that regard. The bigger issue in terms of what they're telling you, because they do the same thing with the vocal version, and I tried that out, and I believe it was Jack Joseph Puig's version of a vocal thing that also had, like, bass, treble compression type thing and brightness and reverb effects and what have you. You
1: don't know Was there where... brightness of the, the GUI as well? No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe.
0: You don't know where their cutoff frequencies are, what particular things are exactly getting boosted. There's not fine-tuned control with it. It's essentially an interface meant for people That want to see it being easy and don't care what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. And I care about what goes on behind the scenes as that stuff makes a difference. Now, if you're under the gun and you're on a deadline, I get it. You need to do something that will help you quick. And if you've got these things and they work for you and you can dial them up real fast, fantastic. Go right ahead. However, when you're not under the gun and you understand what you're doing, these things don't necessarily make it easier in my mind is mm-hmm. a good way of saying it. There's another one outside of waves that does this as well called the easy mix pack by tune Track. And it yeah. does this kind of thing where you just dial up, well, this is what I've got in my mix and this is what I need to do. And then it creates a mix. Now, mind you, I've never used the tune track mix pack stuff, but I know somebody that has. Mm-hmm. And they use it because it gets them what they need to get done in a hurry if they are under the gun.
1: But that points to something, though, where I think this is a valid option. I'm with you. I, I like to know what is happening so I can control it and get it to where I hear it in my head. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that that is always the right mindset. There are people that just want it to sound good. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't care. I don't care what the ratio is in the compressor. I don't care what the release time is. I just want my instruments to sound good, my tracks to sound good. Sure. If you're that person, cool. No, man, I don't care. I just want it to sound good. The flip side of this is of course, if you can deliver good mixes with these products, that's the goal, right? It if is. you can do right, so it's like nobody is gonna go and hey, you know what? Did you mix that with CLA drums? You know what I'm <laughs> that's taken out of the equation. That's a dumb thing. So that's a little bit of a um, snobbery attitude that that can sometimes be present in our industry. Yes, I and I yeah.
0: wouldn't call what I'm saying about the use of this as snobbery. No,
1: I'm not in my saying my own that from case, you. Right. I'm, no, I I'm looking you, at it but. from
0: the standpoint of the interface GUI would hopefully make it easier. The idea of flipping a few knobs would hopefully make it easier. And we've mentioned this before on the podcast in that you don't necessarily know what gain staging Chris Lord Algie has used to hit that plugin with. Right? Yeah,
1: there, I mean, there's a lot that of that makes moving a big parts. difference. Sure,
0: in how yeah. that thing will react, it goes the same way for other types of interfaces, like the Manny American or the Jack Joseph Puig stuff, or the Easy Mix Pack. All of these things require some sort of knowledge as to how to hit them in order for them to work at their ideal location. Does that mean that that's how you have to use it? No. Does it mean you're going to get a great end result? It might in your bedroom. You don't know if it's going to be awesome on everybody else's
1: stereo or headphones. I I agree with what you're saying there, but I have to push back as well a little bit on that because how it's going to sound in your bedroom or anybody else's system is not a result of that plugin. That's all about your ear and how you're dialing it in. If it sounds good, in your bedroom or your car or anything, then having an understanding of how it's translating with other plugins. Like, let's say that you're using a different compressor or a series of them and a different EQ and not just in one interface that has more to do with your skill level. Yeah. And so, I don't know, the tug and flow. I don't think it necessarily makes a mix translate better or worse because the end result would likely be the same again. It's just the amount of tweakability that you might desire. Sure. That does that. So I don't know. It's a touchy thing. It all comes down to how much control do we want to have? And if we feel like turning up one knob on a one knob plugin is no longer delivering for us, then we need to examine, like, okay, well, what can I do now to better? understand what's going on in my processing. And if you're trying to emulate what's going on with like a one knob, you might really dig down into the documentation for that, and that might not even tell you what is going on. So you have to start that process all over again Uh with learning with with different uh, parts. But then there's also other types where, in my opinion, I think they straddle the fence here a little bit of all-in-one but still giving you some tweakability, if you will. Uh And I'm thinking of things like ozone. Yes. Because that's something that both you and I use. Yep. And you have that optimization where you can say, I'm I'm talking more on on a complete mix front here, like on your master bus, where it's like here's the ballpark of what you're kind of aiming at, and we suggest these settings.
0: When you use the Ozone Assistant is what you're saying.
1: Yes, yes. That gives you a starting point. Mm -hmm. If you're happy with that, good. That's all you need to know. But here we have the ability to go back into the components that make up that preset that it's generated for you.
0: Right, because it does actually give you all those components. And then you can click on each one and see exactly what each one is set to in order – to understand what it's actually doing. This is straddling a different line though, from the all in one plugin, I think in that the ones that we've mentioned previously from waves and tune track and such, they don't necessarily operate on the concept of an AI ish format. Whereas ozone, right. when you're using the ozone assistant, it's AI ish. Yes. In that it's making choices and you can yay or nay them or modify them afterwards if it's not doing what you feel like it should do. It's not like you're just given five knobs and all of a sudden you turn those five knobs and you got this perfect mastering chain or perfect EQ setup or compression via Ozone. It's a little different in that regard. Is it an all-in-one plugin? You're damn right it is because it comes <laughs> with a plethora yeah. of things. But the way it gets to the automated value of it is different.
1: Yeah. It has its feet in two camps there, the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. That, that's not really what this listener was asking about specifically or anything, but I think it deserves to be mentioned there. The thing that with plug-in like Ozone, and there might be others as well, it is dependent on the input that you give it. Like this is in this type of a track. Right, right. there are a few kind of questions going that it for. can ask right. up
0: front to give you a ballpark that it knows, oh, well, based on this genre and based on our collective data from our testers and other people that we know that use this product, this is what we would recommend kind of thing after it listens to the audio.
1: Right. And then, of course, that opens up a whole other can of worms. Like, again, you're dependent on the ear, if that uh, – uh, the person doing the mix or the master in this case or whatever. Uh-huh well, how good does it sound to you? And it doesn't mean that plugins like this do it for you. You still have to listen to the input. And Well, that's the idea behind it anyway. It doesn't mean people do. (laughs) And I think that probably hints at a possibly larger problem because you think or you assume that it's going to do the job for you. Mm -hmm. Not saying that everybody thinks this, but when you're using a plugin like that, it's supposed to take a lot of the decision-making out of your control. So you don't have to worry about that. You can just do, I want it louder, or I want it to sound like whatever.
0: I want to turn this knob and see how it affects what comes out.
1: Right. And more is always better. So overall of this, now we ranted about you know some of the overarching things that we think of when we're discussing all-in-one plugins here. Mm -hmm. But what would you say, is it good or bad? Let's start with a good. What do you think, when is it a good thing to use these type of plugins?
0: When you don't really care and you need your track to sound reasonably good in a hurry. Generally, I would say that when you're under a deadline of some sort. And while We didn't use this in an instance with myself and someone else who we've had on the podcast before, Robert Navarro. We had a deadline of 6 a.m. where we were working all night from midnight to 6 a.m. getting something done for a commercial. Yeah, Had we had an all-in-one plug-in or two to work with the sounds that we were dealing with, Would we have gotten it done faster? I don't know. We got it in right on the deadline at 6 a.m. Would -hmm. it have been nice to have been able to finish it at 4 and go to sleep and sleep the other two hours? Sure.
1: Right. Another one that that I want to not correct you on, but I just want to make sure that I clarify because I know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. When you said when you don't really care. We're thinking how we're saying that. I'm I'm explaining what you meant here, and I don't mean to sound, (laughs) but it's when you don't care how the sausage is made. You know, it's not like you don't care about your music. You care what it sounds like, but you don't care what kind of compressor is being used. You don't care about this. It's like I know if I use this plugin, I set it up like this on my guitar track, it's going to sound amazing. How it gets there, don't care. Right. Right. But that's what you're meaning, not to put words in your mouth, but. Uh, just nope, to nope, nope. So, so that yeah nobody wants to you know think oh Jody's an asshole I think because I, I use a all-in-one plug-in means I don't care that's not what you're saying at all no
0: I think if you want to use it use it right. what's the bad stuff about these things
1: well if you're at the stage where you want to dig a little bit deeper and you actually want to know how do I create these sounds or how do I go about getting the type of of processing that this applies, then you might not have that option to sort of backtrack in the plugin and see what kind of compressor is used, what kind of EQ curve is being used. Is there any clipping going on? What is happening, right? Uh So I think that's a negative, right? If we want to do that, we're going to have to start learning about these tools. And that's something that you and I Talk about ad nauseum, like like lear, <laughs> learning your gear. That's the whole concept and, of this thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad, I think. Obviously, that gives rise to like lack of options when you do want to go in and do some tweaking. Mm-hmm. So even though now I've said this name several times in this, but just an example. Like, so let, let's say that you're using the Waves Signature Series stuff. Frequently, they will have like different flavors for each parameter. So there's a certain amount of of tweakability there, but maybe not as much as you desire. Mm -hmm. So if you're using these plugins, that is taken away from you. On a more philosophical thing, I think it's very easy to get really dependent and hooked on these plugins.
0: I'd say the same about any plug-in with any kind of thing in terms of this is console, true. an EQ, a compressor, an effect, whatever it is. You get married to it, in a sense, and you want to never let it go.
1: Yes, but I think in this case, it's even worse because let's say that for whatever reason, all your UA stuff, Went out the window and it's like no, we're closing doors. The the licenses are no longer working. Whatever, mm-hmm. besides that being a giant dick move, that would never happen. <laughs> but but still, you would lose your your plugins for whatever reason. Yeah. You could use another LA2A, or you could use another you optical know, reverb. compressor. Yeah, or right. Effect or whatever. So so it's not like you're dependent on just that one. But if there is a signature plugin, an all-in-one plugin, a one knob or something that is really ingrained in our workflow it can be harder to replicate if we don't have that and i think that there is, is that. seen as a, as a negative i've you know. seen a
0: mixed channel or actually i've seen a channel strip of a famous edm type producer writer guy with a channel strip that just is insanity from start to finish by using upwards of 12 of these all-in-one type things, going one after the other, after the other, after the other, trying to fix something he screwed up in the first place. place—is <laughs> Oh, way? geez. <laughs> you know, where it starts off and he's like, oh, I wanted to add this. And then I needed to tweak this. And then I need to take that out because this added that. And it's like, if you had started... Was something that did the right job in the first place, you wouldn't need to load up 12 or 15 different plugins onto your channel strip to undo and redo various things Yeah, to an extent. That's neither here nor there. Is it good or bad in that regard? I think it's too much processing. Does it give him a good end result at the end? Maybe. Uh, It seems to work for him. He's certainly making a good decent living at doing what he does. I just think it's overkill and bizarre to work in that regard. I wouldn't do it, but I'm not begrudging him for doing it. It's just kind of weird.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) To round off this, while I say that I like to have control over as much as I can, and it's not that I think I necessarily do everything better than somebody else, but I'd like to know these things Mm -hmm. and I like to get better with them. There's a plugin that I use that if I send a mix to a client and they want some kind of mastering on it because uh-huh. they want it at a competitive level when, they, when they're listening back, I use BrainWorks Master MasterDesk. Okay. I would put that in this camp as well, not with all the controls, but it is an all-in-one type of a thing. Right. And there has certain functionality on it where it doesn't necessarily specify what it is that is going on underneath the hood. Uh-huh. For example, it has a, a knob called foundation. Right Now, it's obviously doing something with a low end, but what it exactly is doing, I don't know. I know that I can overuse it. <laughs> <laughs> so there are places where I think we all, if we're honest with ourselves, that we use some sort of version of this. For my money, it comes down to how I am hearing stuff. So those decisions are not made by the plugin. I have to make them as I'm listening and monitoring in my system here. Right.
0: Well, and to go along the line of the mastering console type thing, IK Multimedia has one by a friend of mine, Gavin Larson. He's got a mastering console all-in-one setup as well. I've not used it. I think it's awesome that he's done it it certainly would be nice to have a plug-in by a six-time Grammy-winning mastering engineer in your arsenal if you need it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's one of those things, too. I mean, we we touched on this a little bit before we hit record here today. The idea of having those tools Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Yes. And I think Ruben did some demo with this probably for IK Multimedia, where he says that this is essentially the starting point that where we we start any master that right. we get that is probably true and their experience tells them that this is the gear that the majority of the stuff that we do we run it through this right the negative part i think with that or the dangerous part with that lies not in the gear and the plug in what we're forgetting is that the experience of both gavin and Ruben have when they're listening in the room and turning the knobs. Right. So it's the same thing. Like if you put me behind somebody famous as console, I'm not going to come up with the same mix as they do no because way. I don't have their experience. Right. Or you don't
0: have their same imagination of how they're going to work with the audio either.
1: Exactly. Great tools to have, but we need to remember that when we're using tools like that, that, what we are missing is generally the experience and the ears of the user to to, to run the gear and, and tweak it so that, that it is best for our music. Right. That's not to put down the product, but that's something that we need to keep in mind. It's like, oh, I don't need to go to, to Larson Mastering. I got their plug <laughs> you, you know, That's probably not the best mindset.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. All right, with that, we'll move on to our Friday Fines. Chris, what have you got this week?
1: We, well, we always talk about compression, and I think I've said compression 480 times this episode. <laughs> um, you know, we talk about different compressors and LA-2As and 1176s and all these are the different options that we have. On that note, at least at the time of recording this episode, UA are giving away a free version of an LA-2A.
0: Yes, they are.
1: If you're curious and you don't have one, or even if you have one, you just want another one in your plugin folder, go grab that one because I'm not a UA user, but I do know that they do quality stuff. Go and grab yourself a free LA-2A from UA. And that is my Friday find for this week. And what do you have, Jody?
0: I'm going with an all-in-one guitar plug-in. <laughs> In okay. Sense, I am looking at the Nimbrini Cali Axis, as they call Ooh,
1: it. Oh, I wonder what that
0: could be. It is <laughs> the Nimbrini version of the Tri-Axis. Now, previously, I know I mentioned the ADA-MP1 that has been also done by Nimbrini. They have now done the same thing for the... Mesa Boogie Tri-Axis, although they don't have the official, I guess, okay, go ahead of it. They call it the Cali It is the Tri-Axis. It also has an effects loop built into it, along with some cabinets, microphone IRs and such that you can mix together, power amp section, and It's all in one and it sounds just like the triaxis as I remember it. Mine is sitting in storage. I have not pulled it out to do the side by side. Eventually I will. It sounds great. It sounds just like a Mesa Boogie triaxis as
1: I remember it. Well, that's awesome. It it doesn't have necessarily the the legendary status of like a Bogner or a Soldano or anything, but it is a classic kind of preamp, right? So, well, it's it's eight
0: different versions of. Mesa boogies over the years. Right. All in one rack mountable unit. It's yeah. pretty amazing in that regard.
1: I don't know anybody else that has done an emulation of it. I don't either.
0: Yeah.
1: Good there? for you. That's yeah. awesome. While we've got your
0: attention, we ask that you go to insidetherecordingstudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list to be eligible for future giveaways, and we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of this incredible podcast send us an email at goldstar g-o-l-d-s-t-a-r at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the phrase all in one and you'll get something cool back in your inbox if you have a topic or suggestion like today's episode for chris and i to explain in a future episode contact us at the contact page we'll put it into consideration for a future episode with that i'll say see you next time
1: thanks for listening people have a good one jody